0: Suzanne Pedersen, in her ninth Solheim Cup, with this to win the trophy. And she's done it! What a win for Europe! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2021 Preview Edition of the Ninth Tee Podcast, Then we survived.
1: (laughs) We made it. We're here in a new year.
0: Not that it feels like the year has truly ended, as we were talking about with Ron Syrak last week, but it's time to look ahead from 18 events in 2020 to 32 in 2021 for the LPGA Tour, and that starts this week at the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions. No, we're not going to jump into the 25 player field and do a preview episode like we have for majors, but it's certainly taking worth taking a look at the season as a whole and what's to come for the tour in 21. As always, been five questions, not always, but a new thing we're trying. Five questions. Let's start with the first one. And let me completely ignore asking you how you're doing. Who's going to win the money title this year? We've got some odds from Bovada. On who might win? Jin Young Ko is a two-time defending champion now. And B. Park defended in twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. If Ko wins again, she'll be the first one to do it three in a row since Lorena Ochoa in two thousand six through two thousand and eight. And you were mentioning before we were getting going. You had a couple names in mind. Who who do you think is going to take home the official money title?
1: Well. So here's the tricky thing, right? It's who do I like really, really think is going to win? And then the best odds on who's going to win. We're talking about both, right? Yes. <laughs> because who do I think's really, really going to win? Uh, I think it really does come down to the world number one and world number two, the current ones, Jin Young-Ko and Se Young-Kim. Because when you think about the money list. Before you
0: get going, so Jin Young-Ko is at three to one. To win this year, Se Young Kim is at four and a half to one to win this year. The only other player with under ten to one odds didn't play on the LPGA tour last year at all. Hyoju Kim at eight to one, which shows the respect from Bovada for her torrential play on the KLPGA in 2020.
1: So yeah, I I will. I'll touch on that real quick because when I looked at the odds, I was like, "Whoa!" So (laughs) there. That's a, your. This is the odds to win the LPGA Tour's money title. In order to win LPGA morning LPGA Tour money title, you have to be playing on the LPGA Tour. So that's kind of with the expectation that Hyoju, who played incredible golf last year on the KLPGA, will return to the LPGA in 2021. And if she does return, I, I, well, she she is one of the best players. Like she's she's really found a rhythm because in 2019 she started to show the form that she had early on in her career that like as one of the best players in the world. So I I don't know though, because based on her social media and, and I think she's been a little, it was like nice to be back in Korea back at home. It's a little less hectic a little bit. I mean, I'm not even like I'm a little embarrassed, but it's, Quite frankly, it's just it's safer <laughs> during the pandemic to be in South Korea than it is to be in the United States of America. So, uh, we'll see if she does make it back. Um as a golf fan, I really do hope I get to we get to see her back on the LPGA tour. But going back to picks as who I think would really really win, not on the odds, it's Jin, Jin Young and Se Young for me because it, like there's two the majors have so much Money at stake, and the last tournament of the year, right? So, we watched Jin Young, granted it was a shortened season in 2020, win the money title, playing in only four events. <laughs> and why? Be, uh, a big part of that is because, well, she did finish runner up at the U.S. Women's Open. She had back to back starts, the two biggest possible paychecks, were in back to back starts. She two of the four events she played, she had the opportunity. So, and she <laughs> literally cashed in. Um, but you look for players that That, are, that was a
0: good one. I approve. (laughs) Oh,
1: (laughs) I finally got one. (laughs) I finally got one. Um, you know, it's a new year, so maybe I'll get a few more, but maybe I used it up too early, (laughs) but but I feel like on the money list, you look for players that are going to play consistently, you know, getting lots of top tens or, or contending to win. And play well at the majors. And over the last couple of years, well, Jin Young, like almost no one's really compared to Jin Young. And Se Young is not too far behind. So maybe I'll let you go on your take. And then after I, after you say that, I'll tell you my picks, like best what I feel are best odds. But those are the two that I think it's like a no-brainer. It's, it seems too obvious. But what what's your thoughts?
0: So there's a reason I framed this question as money title versus Ver trophy or player of the year because Verr trophy I 100% agree with you It right now it's those two they're the two best players in the world in their separate tier 1A 1P but money title involves starts you mentioned yes Jin Young pulled a rabbit out of the hat four events we've lauded that consistently for a reason it's just mind boggling to say out loud so Considering that as statistical aberration. One of the most important things is getting starts. And of these players, the one I expect to make, make the most starts is Brooke Henderson. And she's at 12 to one. She's tied for fifth most likely to win. And I really like her number at 12 to one. Joining her at 12 to one is NB Park and Nelly Corta. Danielle King is at 10 to one. And we've talked about. Hyoju Se-young and Jin Young before in their odds. And it drops from 12 to 1 to 18 to 1 with So-young. And then a pretty big drop off to Minji Lee at 25 to 1. Ali Ewing and Lydia Ko and Nas Hataoka at 28 to 1. And Lexi Thompson at 33 to 1, which is a pretty interesting number for an American. Just because I think there is a bias towards Americans winning this because they're in the U.S. You mentioned how unsafe it is right now. And... You can make an argument Your are betting on Jin Young Ko involves betting on the Biden administration rolling out vaccines far more efficiently than the country has so far because the tour schedule really gets rolling in late March, early April. You know, we have an event this week. It's another month off till Gainbridge, a couple of weeks. Then you're going to San Diego and the Kia Classic and. Southern California is its own battle zone of COVID-19 right now. So with that in mind, I I really like Brooke at 12 to one. And her press conference this morning talked about. How last year taught her how to prepare differently for events because she relied upon getting in a groove. She couldn't do that last year with the, the herky jerky schedule, start, stop, start, stop. And she mentioned just very focused. I want to get back on my winning streak. And you you need to win events to win the money title. So Brooke had multiple years of winning two events per year. And that's a player to bet on at 12 to 1. So. Because you're saying but Jin Young at 3 to 1 and Brooke at 12 to 1 you're basically saying it's uh four times as likely that Jin Young would win it compared to Brooke? I don't think so.
1: That's a good point. Um when you talk about the money title, because I actually, when I when you first you know sent me a message to like think about this, Brooke was, and I actually have her name written down in my notes, <laughs> was the first one I thought of. Um unfortunately, since this is an audio podcast, I can't show you my proof, but
0: I'll take your have word it, for it.
1: I do have it. I did have it written down. Um, for that very reason that you said it starts. So Brooke, and she is a major champion. We get get up on the right foot. Major champion, Brooke Henderson. Um, actually, to that to that point, Jin Young Ko, major champion, say Young Kim, major champion. But um Wow Brooke hyoju <laughs> hyoju Kim, major champion. Um Daniel. <laughs> Oh, Danielle <laughs> Kang, major champion. MB Park, major champion. Hall okay. of Famer. <laughs> Hall of Famer. What? So many. Okay. Well, Brooke, though, she does put in the starts. Like, she will not shortchange you or fans or herself. She just loves to compete. And not that other players don't love to compete, but I mean, she just doesn't typically take. Like, when I first covered the tour, I remember in 2017. I'm pretty sure she might've taken one event off out of 30 plus events. Maybe one. She might've actually played every event. I I can't remember for sure off the top of my head, but that's mind boggling because there's some stretches where they play. The tour will go six or seven weeks in a row. And this year will be with the Olympics with Solheim cup. There's going to be some, it's compact this year is compact and that when it gets going, it gets going. So It'll be interesting to see. I like Brooke at those odds. But you talk about starts, another player that comes to mind to me, and these are the two that I – the other two I have written down, Minji Lee. Minji plays a lot of events. Typically, she plays a lot of events. She played – last season, she played 16 of the 18, I believe. And she is so consistent. She hasn't quite like crossed the finish line into the winner's circle as much as you would think for a player that's like perennially, like literally at this point, perennially in the top 10 in the world. But she will rack up money. And I think that it, this is one of those years. Look, we have a lot of starts, uh, a lot more than last year. If she's playing, I expect her to win at least once. And it would not surprise if she's a player that would not surprise me if she jumped to that next level and won a major with Hopefully, all five majors back on uh, the table. And the other player at the. Uh, oh, so Minji, what are Minji's odds? Minji's at 25 to 1. The other player that I had in mind was Nasa Oka at 28 to 1. Now, she is a player that will take some events off, but she is so good. <laughs> like last year, she finished fifth on the money list in 2020, and she didn't have any wins. So, like, she plays really well, and she's another player that, honestly, I would she will win a major. Like I, I have no doubt in my mind she's going to win a major. Am I saying this year she'll win a major? Not sure. But again, with the with the wonky kind of crazy year, where anything could happen again, uh, I'm looking at NASA too, and she's at twenty eight to one odd. So those are those are who I'm looking at.
0: The thing with the wonkiness is just the uncertainty baked in of not being based in the domestic United States. That's where I'm a little hesitant and hearing you talk through it, it definitely feels like a cutoff around Thompson in terms of reasonable chances to win. Just based on talent, you know, area, Jatanagar and Sunghyun Park, both 40 to one, like they have the talent to do it. But again, they're overseas and you're looking for both of them to return to form that they didn't really show in 2020, except for Park in the first couple of rounds of the ANA Inspiration RIP that Friday morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the average winner in terms of world ranking, before we move on to the next question, is 14.77 since 2012, which is as far back as the Rolex rankings data goes on their website will show on their website anyway. And Jin Young is the only player who was number 1 in the world at the start of the year to go on to win the official money title again that same year in 2020. So there's generally a little bit of turnover. It's not always that top player and just 3 to 1 that doesn't bake in enough uncertainty. Like that's assuming she makes a, a ton of starts and he doesn't get injured and that a three to one is just a scary number on any bet. So what's, what's, yeah, for what's sure. the, what's the, uh, the official, you're going to pick one based on odds. Who are you picking?
1: Uh, you see, you totally like, you kind of throw me for a loop now because I want to, I want to say like an American player because, because I am not sure because like I, I heard Hannah green made a comment, uh, a couple like last week, I think maybe within the last two weeks, she said that she's not going to be back till at least March because she went back to Australia after being away from home for like five months or whatever, the, whatever it was significant amount of time for her. And she had to quarantine for a 10 to 14 days. It's like I she made a comment along the lines of I just can't turn around, like I feel like I need to be home and that tournament, like after being in quarantine and being away from home for so long, I just want to be able to spend some time at home before I make her return. So I think she said at least March is whenever she's going to come back. Now, granted, there is only this tournament champions and then one, the Gainbridge tournament, and then another, the next tournament, the drive-on in, in March. This was a lot to say. My one pick. Uh, um, I'm going to go Minji Lee. That's my that's my that's my pick. I'm going with Brooke.
0: Next question. This is a little off the LPGA road, but how many countries will have more than two players at the Olympics? Giving a little bit of context. Each in theory, there could be up to five countries with more than two players because every country is allowed up to two players. Regardless of their world ranking, but inside the top 15, you can have up to four. So that can be really difficult if there's more than four players in the top 15 in your country. Hmm. I wonder which one that could be referencing, Ben. Right now, <laughs> if, if the rankings froze today, if the Olympic field was finalized today, it's going to be finalized in June. Assuming the 2021 Olympics happens, which is a big assumption because at this point in 2020, <laughs> they were saying this is going to happen, uh, especially early on in the pandemic. They were saying irregardless, it's going to happen. So it's possible it'll change. But right now, South Korea has four players. We've talked about all four of them already. Jin Young-Ko, world number one. Se-Young Kim, number two. NB Park, number 3 Hyoju Kim, ninth in the world, fourth representative. United States has three. Nelly Korda, fourth in the world. Danielle Kang, fifth in the world. Lexi Thompson, 11th in the world. The next closest country to have three representatives is Japan. Nas Hataoka is seventh in the world. Hinako Shibuno is 13th, and Ayaka Furue is 16th.
1: Wow. So how many how many countries will have more than two players? How many will have at least three? Uh, so, Korea, we locked in. I'm going to go out on a limb and say...
0: That's a big <laughs> limb right there. It's a big, <laughs> big limb.
1: Uh, Korea is locked in. They they will have at least four players.
0: Do you want to guess how many players will be representing South Korea if there was no cap on inside the top 15?
1: Uh, let's see. I'm not looking at the rankings right now, but You're I'm not guessing. That's not a I'm guess. guessing. I know. So I, I think number 10, 11, 15. So it's like seven, maybe.
0: It's seven. The other three are Hyun Park at 10. Jungan Lee six at twelve, major champion, by the way, both of them. And So Yan Yu also a major champion of fourteen. Whew.
1: Pretty good, Kent. <laughs> they're not they're not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. And that's so wild. Look, that's all like all major champions. <laughs> the depth is unreal. So the US. Will the US end up with three? Hmm. I, I feel like Nellie and Danielle. I feel actually pretty confident about Nelly, Danielle, and Lexi all remaining in the top 15. Who somewhere. do you
0: think is the fourth closest right now?
1: Another the, guessing for, game. For the US. Let's see. Someone in the US. Um oh my goodness. Maybe like Allie Ewing, maybe? Nope. She make a big jump last year? I feel like that's too far up. She did make um, a big
0: jump, but nope.
1: Not that far up. Uh Uh tell me, Kent. Jennifer show. Oh. 19th in the world. Jennifer Cupcho. Without without a without a win yet, too. Without a win. We talked about that last year she she contended though obviously you don't get the 19th of the world without like playing really well hmm so is the question whether that's only four spots i say only (laughs) but four spots against the top 15 hmm you think you think you think she'll make inside the top 15 She, she thinks she has a shot
0: I'll go with a shot. I'm going to give a non-answer. She certainly has a shot. There's plenty of time.
1: <laughs> it's exactly. going to involve no winning. Look, okay, to kind of condense this, I think it will be those three. I think it'll be Korea, the U.S., and I think Japan will end up getting another player inside the top fifteen. I don't think like we've talked a lot of quite a bit about the KLPGA, the depth they have in Korea. But Japan is also, the JLPGA also is extremely deep in talent. Obviously, you mentioned Ayaka, and she's she's not an LPGA Tour member. Um, Hinako is not an LPGA Tour member. Major champion, Hinako Shibuno. And actually, I think at number 22 in the world, we have, there's Ai Suzuki, who, she won an LPGA Tour event, in 2019, in Japan, so another very good player who beat some of the best LPGA tour players in the world, because that's the end that that takes place at the end of the year. It's some of the best players from that season. She decided not to take LPGA tour membership in 2020. So there's a ton of talent in Japan. So I think that whether it's I or another player from Japan, I think I do think those three will indeed get at least three players into the olympics
0: i'm going to agree with you with three countries with three or more representatives as we move on to our third question this might be my favorite one of the five ben will current number one Jin Yang ko move into second all time for most weeks as the world number one as of this recording she's been the number one player in the world for 82 weeks Combined, on this current run, just combined over her time as the world's number one. She's been it twice. There are three players she could pass as she's currently in fifth. Lydia Ko at 104 weeks. If Jin Young stays number one, she'll pass her after June 21st. NB Park, 106 weeks. She would pass her on July 5th. And Yanni Sen. 109 weeks. Chibi passed after July 26th. The final tournament between August 2nd is the Evian championship, which concludes July 25th. Then there's a bit of a gap in the schedule. So is it possible for Jin Young to trail only Lorena Ochoa at the end of this year? For second most weeks atop the world rankings, Ochoa has had 158. That's over a calendar year of weeks away. Not really worth discussing right now. But is that is that going to happen this year?
1: So first of all, when I saw this question in the notes before we were, before we started recording, I was like, "This is a Kent question." <laughs> you're going you're going into some re- getting to research some great statistics like. How many people are thinking about this? I'm sure maybe someone came, it came to mind to someone, but this is a great question. And if I want to be completely short, the answer is yes. Jin Young, she's showed the ability to play incredibly consistent and at a super high level, meaning wins, because as we talk about, or as you like to talk about, wins matter.
0: Winning has to matter. (laughs)
1: so not only is she getting like top tens she's crossing that finish line and winning winning events so 2019 showed that 2020 a, a wild year as we all know she she played in korea uh not a lot but enough and by the time she came back to the lpga tour to play those final four events Well, guess what? She didn't really miss a beat, and she was right there. Runner-up at the final major of the year, and then a win at the CME Group Tour Championship. So, she's someone who, to me, is a driven player, and her game just doesn't have flaws. Like, there's really not too many flaws. So, the only way that, to me, she falls back is if Se Young, which in my mind is the only player that really nB has an outside shot too, but Se Young's the one who has the firepower to really like make a serious move uh towards that number one make who knows? maybe she starts the year with a couple of wins and makes a big move on on Jin Young. but right now is that is that realistic? like could she move into second all time for most weeks World number one? Yes, I think it's realistic in a very possible scenario.
0: Now, to be fair, this is not saying Jin Young is the greatest of all time by any stretch. These rankings weren't around during Annika's prime.
1: <laughs> right, that that, that does need to be said. Just, just
0: Jin Young <laughs> did pass her this last year. Annika was atop the world for sixty weeks, but it's been you know a year and a half calendar year wise and that does this 82 doesn't include the weeks the rankings were effectively shut off early on in the pandemic i think a factor that is important for this is how many klpg events co-plays because for her average in the way the rankings are calculated right it's basically you know how many rolex points do you get per event and averages it out the further away from the current year up uh, and it's believe it's two years back, you know, the, you know, an event that was two years ago, it's not the same point number, right? You're not losing a hundred points for a major win two years later. It's slowly but surely decreased in value as time progresses, but her average right now is 9.05. If she plays on the KLPGA, her, her second place finish, for example, at the KB Financial Group Star Championship. Got her 14.4 points. Her tie for third finish at the Atec Carrier Championship with Sejong Field Golf Club. I may have completely botched that pronunciation. Tie for third. Got her 8.4. That tied for third finish hurt her. Like she has to finish in the top two on the KLPGA for her to get points that help. So... How many KLPGA events she plays hurts her in this regard. If the goal is to stay atop the world rankings, she can't go play on the KLPGA. (laughs) She's just too good. Unless she goes out and wins every time, which isn't realistic. She's going to win a good amount, but not enough to where it's going to help her in her averages. And the other thought that I've had about this was her 19 was one of the most dominant seasons the tour has seen. Sure, it's only four wins, but she had a 2.66 Rolex points average difference between her and Sung Hyun Park, who was in second at the beginning of the 2020 year. That's the same difference between number two and 18th in the world rankings. Like, that's just such a massive gap that someone had to climb over. And that gap is now 1.28 between her and Se Young Kim who is the one B to close one a with how well she's been playing. And we don't see either of them slowing down. So almost some of it's just who's willing to come back to the U S first and say Young Kim did it last year. So that could be a lot of it.
1: It, You know what? And shout out to, I, I never know if you like it or take offense to being called the stats guy. But those stats are clutch. Like, the fact that you could play a tournament and finish third and actually hurt you as far as the world ranking is concerned is a pretty wild thing to think about. Like, third, you're playing amazing golf. Especially on the KLPGA, which is a whole other topic I think that we talk about. The KLPGA Tour probably doesn't get quite enough credit in some regards, but... It's a topic for another day. Um, Oh, man. And we both, we know like, well, Jin Young, why did she only have four stars last year? Because she delayed coming over for a long time. And I think she even admitted that part of it, it it had very much to do with COVID and the pandemic going on. She's an only child and there's concerns like about that and leaving her parents. Um, I think, in some way, she probably feels a little safer. I don't know. This is speculation. Um, regardless, she did come over. She understands. Her and Young both know what it's kind of like to come back over and how tournaments are conducted and how safe things can be or how not safe they can be. Oh, this is so. Got me second guessing myself again, Kent. <laughs> Who's.
0: Wait, evidence makes you think day... about something. What a crazy talk crazy talk
1: <laughs> no this is this is great it's great to think about it i i do wonder though because of the, the essentially like one event in february well she was eligible for this event in january one event in january one event in february and is the drive-on championship in march is that the only one in march or is there another one like
0: i think it's pretty safe to say the rest of january and february there's just no way anyone's catching her
1: no one will catch her, yeah. So that's and,
0: six more weeks.
1: And likely that... She, I don't know. I don't know what her schedule is, but will she make that return just for one event, like in one event in February, and then sit around again? Although, here's the other thing. She, bought a, she bought a
0: house. She bought a house in Texas, right? Or I guess she had plans to. I don't know if she officially has think, or not.
1: I think she's been thinking about it. We know that she did get a nice paycheck there into the, the year, so if she wanted to just reserve a spot (laughs) wherever she wants. Basically she could do it. Um, I'm not sure completely if she did or not, but the other thing though, is generally this time of year, most of the players from Korea, the players on the LPGA Korean players on the LPGA and the KLPGA tour members, they head to warmer climates. It's winter time. They head to warmer climates. They have training camp kind of things, which is really cool. But They're not doing that this year. So if Jin Young and Se Young and any of the other Korean players on LPGA Tour that really want to get reps in on a golf course, they're probably going to head back to the States at some point to start getting those reps in. So I'm still going to roll with Jin Young. She's shown me so much. This isn't a choice. I'm just saying Jin Young will move into second. She will. That's my final answer.
0: It's a roughly half the year atop the world rankings to do it. And she's got I think that's a big benefit to this is being the leader at the end of the year and the slowdown with the off season because it's not like the PGA Tour where it's pretty much events every single week. Yeah, you put her at 88. So now you're looking at 21 weeks the rest of the year. I like her chances.
1: You're right, and one more one more thing I want to add. Even if Sae Young surpasses her, maybe that's a little extra, like, hey, like this nice little friendly rivalry there at the top, and maybe Jin Young will, will see uh, Jin Young respond. I don't think, honestly, both of them are going to play high-level golf regardless, but I think she, she definitely has the game to, even if Sae Young surpasses her, to bounce back and move back into that number one spot.
0: Yeah, to your point, the flip side, when we've seen players get to number one for the first time, there's a discussion of how emotionally heavy that burden is and how that can throw you off. And I remember talking with Jin Young at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, and she was crying about it. And I was just thinking that is that's so difficult, right? You you're number one in the world. You're expected to walk on the course and win. That's its own set of challenges that would be new to Say Young and something that Jin Young is clearly used to. Speaking of, they were both past Rookies of the Year. There was no Rookie of the Year in 2020. The two were elected to postpone it, so doubling up, you have a year of experience and you're a rookie in 2021. If the award was handed out last year, Yulimi No would have won it. She would have been the first American to win it since Paula Creamer in 2005. And that would have broken the streak of South Koreans who have won the award, dating back to Se Young Kim in 2015 through Jung Eun Lee 6 in 2019. And there's only five new rookies for 2021. One of them won their way onto the tour. Four of them were promotions from the Symmetra Tour, as there was no Q Series. Feel free to listen to our Q Series podcast if you want more information on how difficult that is. But do you have any thoughts, Ben, on... I'm glad you endorse your own work. That's good. That's (laughs) important. But is there anyone that comes to mind who you think will win the Rookie of the Year in 2021?
1: Well, as has been the case for the last several years, I really think it's it's a no-brainer. Um, especially after seeing a year of experience, a year of play. Actually, quite frankly, a year and parts of 2019, too, we got to see Yay, Me know play and contend a couple of times on the LPGA Tour as a non-member. Monday qualifying her way in, she showed that she had the game to be at that level. Last year, she was second in birdies as a rookie, and she finished 14th. In the CME rankings, um, it's she's just to me a, another level is ahead head. Is of, it
0: fair to say no brainer when it's not the major champion?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I have I did think about this because you're referring to Ailem Kim as we've come to know her, Kim Arim name in Korean, um. You're referencing her, correct?
0: I I think she's the only major champion on the rookie list. So, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is that is a good point. OK, I. <laughs> I. <laughs> the, the reason.
0: <laughs> Getting ahead of our skis there a little bit. Hey, there, Ben.
1: <laughs> OK, I have I have. This is this is the problem with me right like I have all these conflicting like self internal battles of of different thoughts so it's like okay I actually did talk to another player um about Alim Kim and she felt she feels like she ha- her game fits the LPGA tour really well so uh, from a from a player's perspective and I don't even know why I don't know why I didn't give that much credit before I started talking about this pick <laughs> Like, oh, what does another LPJ Tour player feel? How do they feel about this or think about her? But because of how long a hitter she is, she feels like the LPGA Tour and most of the courses that they play, like, it, it suits her game really well. And she is a major champion. It's hard to deny. If you put that into a vacuum, that tournament, and specifically the last round, specifically the last three holes, <laughs> like... A player with that level um that ability can't she sustain it though? see this is my thing. I think that experience does matter in this case. this is why maybe no brainer maybe it was a little bit too far. i still feel like Yalini has the edge, but to, to be to be fair, my thought process was it's a major shift because December. <laughs> U.S. Open was like a month, ago, a little more than a month ago. It's not even that long ago. Mm-hmm. She had to make a decision within a week whether to accept LPGA Tour membership or not. So how many events is she going to play, first of all?
0: She has to play so, a minimum of 10.
1: She has to play a minimum of 10 to Keep at least her retain, retain her membership. Okay, so that's a good number to know. Um, Regardless, though, how many events is she going to play? And then... Also, it's such a quick decision. Her life is completely flipped, as does happen a lot of times when you win a major championship. <laughs> but to go from being, I think she, she's living a pretty comfortable life on the KLP, playing on the KLPGA Tour. Suddenly she gets the opportunity because of the pandemic and the way things happened last year. She has a chance to play in the U.S. Women's Open. She goes and wins. So now she has a chance to be on the LPGA Tour. Moving to America, that's a big deal. Moving to another country in general, but you have the culture differences, the language differences. You're gonna have to find well, I don't know if she will or not. She probably will find someone to travel with her. Um, you know, being a US major champion, that's extra interviews. People are gonna want to talk to you. Um, she's a rookie and uh, now a star rookie. Like there's so many pressure, so much pressure that'll be added to this. I just think it may be she it's not that she can't do it, and I would not be surprised if she does. I just think there's so many things that are kind of going to be adding pressure to her. Whereas Yelimi kind of has this year of, she knows what to expect. She was second on the tour and but like she can, she can, she can truly contend on a regular basis. We saw that happen. Um, So I, I, I give Yelimi the, the edge in this. I, I understand maybe not the no brainer. Maybe I jumped too far ahead. Thank you for calling me out on that. You're welcome. But I do like Yalimi in this. How about you?
0: I have to agree just based on our past discussions of there has to be some kind of additional value towards being. Well, actually, no, this isn't true for Yalimi. I was going to say being based in the United States, but she's actually over in South Korea right now. So hmm, that does throw a curveball. Because it's just so many. So much of this relies on starts, right? Like, and also, who do you think is going to win? It it feels safe to pick her. (laughs) I don't think either of us are going on limbs. And, you know, if you were to think of which American would be most likely to win, who's based stateside, probably Andrea Lee. But... Yeah, I'll go with. No, I uh, you said pretty much everything that needs to be said about that. I that I, I don't have much to add other than the only pressure on her this year is Solheim Cup related. Because she's missing. Yeah. The 2019 end of the season for scoring points, which the other Americans had because she was not a member at the time she was Monday qualify. So. Is there going to be any consideration for her past? near victories I don't know that US team is going to be there's a reason it didn't want to put a Solheim Cup question in this rundown is that that's its own episode worthy length discussion between those two teams so for the final question who becomes a first time winner this year
1: you know what and since I've been answering most of these first I want to hear you I want to hear your your thoughts first let me let me hear your rundown on this All right.
0: I appreciate I appreciate flipping the script since 2010. Let's just throw some numbers, give some form of context, just some kind of like. Yes, yes. I I like that. It's like bowling. You need you need the bumper sticks. You know, you got to have something to put this kind of guess around and rattle around. So the shortened season last year had three, right? The most we've seen in the last decade was 10 in 2018. There's a couple prime candidates who I think. I don't know if it's fair to say it'd be disappointing if they don't win this year. But it's kind of time for a couple of them <laughs> anyway, and one of them is Anne Van Dam. So much success on the LET. And that's a similar story to Mel Reed, right? Did really well on the LET and was finally able to get it to translate on the LPGA tour with her. one to chop right? You saw Bianca Paganan. Be a real threat as a rookie because of her distance. You've seen Van Dam win on the professional stage, perform at the Solheim Cup. She's gonna be at the cup again in 21. It's time. Speaking of another player who's probably gonna be at the cup, whom I've talked about and picked multiple times before, Jennifer Cupcho. Right? Nineteenth in the world, has the talent, has all the talent in the world. If you you could expect the win to come in. I think Yelimino is due. In fact, watch it be Portland because she's been in contention there twice. <laughs> West Coast streets the California native well. And I think it'd be a real surprise if she didn't break through just from, as you mentioned, like all those birdies. Like that's step one. Like, who was number one in birdies? Number two in the world. So young Kim don't have to think about that. And that's just like your potential to win is determined by your ability to make birdies. Right. You cannot win on the tour except for those links courses when the wind is a blowing by birdies. So, you know, you talk about why we didn't really consider NB Park returning to number one in the world, despite being number three. To make a PGA Tour comparison, which is pretty disrespectful to a Hall of Famer, Kevin Nas won four times in his last 55 starts on the PGA Tour because he's understood the courses he can go win at. NB can't win every day, and she talked about that at CME. like She can't go low enough to go win uh, at those tournaments where you just got to go blisteringly low. She's got to take on a course that's really difficult and go beat it up and hope someone like Say Young Kim doesn't go ballistic like she did at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. And that's how the Hall of Famer continues to win now. If you were to give me an option between a pen and a pencil for those three, a Van Dam, Cup Show, and no, I'm taking a pen. But that's not, you know, three's not enough. I think you're going to probably see five or six this year. Do I have the other three in mind? Those were the three that were really at the top of my head as first time winners. What about you?
1: You know, first of all, I love that little analogy or whatever you call it, pen or pencil. Putting it in pen. That that's um that's a good pick. You know, I went a little bit different in my my thinking. Um, I agree with your picks. These are young players, relatively young players who, a lot of talent, a lot of a, a lot of ability, and players that have contended. In Ann Damme's case, she's won on the on the LET, like she's won professional events. So I went with a couple of players that came to mind. Um, one of them, we had a hashtag for last year.
0: Oh wow! Oh. hashtag
1: hashtag Buhi Watch. Um, <laughs> Ashley View you know she's she's currently 31, and I think rookie year was in 2008. So she's been on tour a long time, has not won yet. So this is one of, kind of one of those picks where who becomes a first-time winner, mixed with who I would like to see become a first-time winner, and who would like who does I think need to cross that finish line. So the thing is, Ashley played great last year. In Portland, she nearly won. We we talked about that. She got into the playoff with with Georgia, which kind Georgia Hall. Was with kinda, a birdie put
0: on the 18th hole being the only shot of her final round before the playoff to make it to the telecast.
1: Uh, yes, which is what started the view high watch. Because, like, <laughs> hey, Ashley is playing great. She's getting into the, near the top of the leaderboard and getting no shots shown. Um. But see, to me, like those are—I think she put herself in position. That's a learning experience, right? And with another weird year ahead, like I think that she's someone that could get the job done. And another one that came to mind right away for me is Amy Olson. Amy, in her late—she's in her late twenties now, Um, so she's still she's relatively young. And but she has experience now, and we've seen her be in real real contention at the Evian Championship a few years ago at the U.S. Women's Open last year. And I, and even through some extreme adversity, and which I still, you know, it's hard to believe everything that she went through at the U.S. Women's Open week. Um, you know, rest in peace to her father in law. Um, but she's someone that has shown. She can get into contention. It's just she has not quite put it together through that fourth round. And through all these different situations she's been in now, she has the experience. Like, winning is the next step, right? Like, if you win it on the natural course for players, not everyone wins right away. That's just not how it works generally. There's not too many Lydia Ko's out there, and I didn't know I'd bring up Lydia Ko, but shout out to Lydia Ko winning as a 50-year-old amateur for a first LPGA Tour win uh, back in like 2015. Now, like that, that's a very big anomaly. That's not what normally happens. Normally, you get on tour, you you start making cuts, you start getting top 25, start getting top tens, you get into your first final group on the weekend. And you got, kind of go through this learning experience. Amy has gone through that whole checklist. The next thing is to win. I think that she has she's gone through uh, really every level of, of of learning and every level of uh, adversity that you could really go through. And a win seems like a very possible and likely thing to me. For her to to accomplish this year in 2021. That's a good pick. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long explanation. Uh, I apologize, but thank you.
0: Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast medium. But. (laughs) Amy's been someone where if we're going back to our pen pencil analogy, she's been penciled in for that for a lot of years now. So hopefully for her sake. That comes through because she's she's played well enough, and even though mentioned on the telecaster at the U.S. Women's Open, that was the first time Bones watched her up close. And while we disagreed that you know you could say any player should win ten times on tour based on her swing and her mechanics, that experience and that raw ability, that raw talent, you wouldn't be surprised to find her in the winner's circle at some point in twenty twenty one. What a weird thing to say, twenty twenty one. We've
1: made it. We are
0: here. Season starts uh, a day after this episode's posted. Mr. Ben, this is a big week for you. Oh, it is. Yeah, you've made another revolution around the sun.
1: Oh, man, it's true. Anything to celebrate. It is it is my birthday. Uh, The day that this episode will be posted, I believe. Yeah, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to and thankful to be here in 2021. Happy to be talking uh, about more LPGA golf, women's golf. Glad to be continuing to talk here on this podcast with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to just a great year. You know, 2020 was a little interesting. That's not how you put it. I'm, You know, I like to put things on a not sugarcoat it, but I also don't want to like put all negative. There's a lot of positives that I learned last year. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I will get to watch some LPGA golf actually during my birthday week. I know it's not on my birthday per se, but that's a, that's a good, that's a good birthday present.
0: Yeah. Happy, happy to be part of the Ben Harpering journey. Uh, we won't reveal your age.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. You know,
0: Turning forty is going to be real difficult. Wait. Forty. <laughs> forty. What? Thirty-year-old
1: okay. uh, uh,
0: <laughs> As always, Mister Ben, a pleasure chatting, and uh, we'll talk after uh, after the Diamond Resorts. Twenty-five players. Someone will emerge a champion.
1: Sounds good, Ken. I'm I'm looking forward to it.